Welcome to Let's Get To, the baseball show from the fans' perspective. Now here's your host, James Christopher. And welcome to Let's Get To. It is the season three finale. This has been a great season to work on. I've had an absolute blast. And I want to thank everybody who has participated in any way, whether you think it was small or not, it was big for us. So thank you. Now we're also a few days away from one of the best baseball holidays out there. It is almost National Hat Day. And I was trying to decide what to do for National Hat Day. In previous episodes, I have ranked all my hats. I've had competitions with hats. I've done just about everything you can, legally, with hats. And so what to do this time? And I thought I would keep it simple because we have a packed episode for you today. Columbia Fireflies are here. That's exciting. Those are some of the best people in the game. So I was like, what to do? So I don't take as much time, but I want to show off some of the hats. So I thought I would pick six of the best new hats I got this season, both buying them online like this one or actually getting out to the ball game and checking it out. So we're going to start with the brand new look for the Aberdeen Ironbirds. It was a good brand beforehand, but now it really stands out. It's a little bit different. I like that it's got a little bit of a cartoon feel. It feels very sort of 80s, early 90s to me. I think it's just a lot of fun, and I think it's exactly the direction that more minor league baseball should be going to. Y'all know me. You know what my favorite movie is. I watch that shark film twice a month. All right, not twice a month. But yeah, I'm a big Jaws guy. If you watch the show, follow me on Twitter, have been with an earshot of me, you know it's my favorite movie. And I absolutely adore the Durham Bull Sharks look. I love that they've taken their classic, iconic design and tweaked it a bit, complete with a bite mark in the D and the bull shark, complete with horns, swimming through the center, just where the bull goes on the regular look. It's, again, one of the best parts about minor league baseball is having some fun on what is one of the most recognizable brands, not just in minor league baseball, but all of baseball. So kudos to the to Durham and the bull sharks. Arg. The Erie Sea Wolves. I love this brand so much. I have a lot of their stuff. I've got jerseys. I've got hats. I've got a toque. You know, a little uh, knit cap is what they call it, a toque in Canada, I guess. But again, just one of the strongest brands in baseball. And they're always coming up with stuff that it's on brand. It describes what the team is, but it's still very, very classy. And I love this kind of gold and black version with uh, the the sea wolf with the complete with the pirate captain's hat. It's again just one of my favorite hats that I purchased and I bought it like as soon as I saw it on Twitter I had to get it. So again, one of my favorite brands in all of baseball. Now one of the teams that I've always loved since we started doing this show was the Midland Rockhounds. But I will admit that they were in need of a brand refresh. I always thought the old, the old brand looked a little dated. It looked unfinished, and it looked, I hate to use the word amateurish, but kind of amateurish. Well, they rebrand and fixed it, all of that for the Midland Rockhounds. This is one of the hats I got, and I just adore it. And it's basically two pickaxes making the M for Midland and the state of Texas logo. If you know anything about Texans, we love us some Texas. If you watched our Halloween episode, you already know that I think the Bowling Green Hot Rods is simply put one of the best design teams in all of baseball. And this was the alternative hat I got. It's got that 1950s 
hard hot rod vibe going on with it with a baseball in the center and this sort of flames thing. It's something you don't see just about anywhere else. I highly recommend checking out Bowling Green, going to the game, and then checking them out online because there's a lot of great gear that looks really good, still looks really classy, and I think is something unique for that for for your collection or if you've got a birthday coming up for one of your family members or loved ones that's a big baseball guy, cannot go wrong with the hot rods of Bowling Green. And last but certainly not least, one of our new hats. We got a chance to get up to the Arizona Fall League this year, and we loved us the Scottsdale Scorpions look. This hat is straight badass. Uh, they had a couple different envi- uh, varieties of it. I really liked the red crown with the black bill, but just a great hat and one of the best and most unique baseball experiences I've ever had. So that is it for the new hats I got. I really loved all the ones I showed you. I got more too, but I just really wanted to get out of the way because we've got a great episode coming up. So stay with us. Who's on first? The Let's Get to Local 9, brought to you by Zoomer Sport. All right, so we're excited on our National Hat Day episode to be joined by um, some of our favorite people in minor league baseball, Ashley DiCarlo and John Kosas from the Columbia Fireflies. Um, how are y'all doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, um, great. John, let's start with you a little bit because we met Ashley almost exactly a year ago after y'all's hilarious uh, tweet, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, but just a little bit about you, John. How did you get from, I'm mean, presuming a kid who liked baseball to now working for one of the most, I guess, one of the best brands in minor league baseball. Yeah, you know, I grew up in Cleveland in the late 90s, so I wanted to be Jim Tomey as a left-hander uh, <laughs> forever. And then fifth or sixth grade came around, and I figured out I wasn't going to be Jim Tomey. I'm 5'11 and probably 180 pounds soaking wet. So uh, the power wasn't going to be there for 600 home runs, and I thought of other things I wanted to do. And I was good at writing. I spoke well. And uh, I really like sports. So I started off doing some sports writing stuff and then throughout college at Ohio University, got into some broadcasting and eventually got an internship with the Southern Ohio Copperheads that taught me that I really love traveling on the road and kind of the, at the time, four day a week grind of doing collegiate baseball. Uh, and then, you know, I, I got a couple of internships in West Virginia and in Maryland and uh, eventually came aboard with the Columbia Fireflies through broadcast and media relations. Um, that, that's awesome. And, and I'm, I'm really envious of your brand and to remind the viewers. So we first interviewed you guys, um, when contraction was happening and we were still in the throes of the pandemic, and I guess, depending on what part of the country you're in, whether we're still in the throes of the pandemic <laughs> or not, but, um, but you guys had the hilarious tweet, Ashley, of, did we just get broken up with on Twitter? So I presume that means you have found a new relationship and you're happy. Yes. Yes. We got a rose from the Kansas city Royals. So the 2021 season was our first season as a Royals affiliate. Um, and that relationship is going great so far. So yeah, we've, we've moved on. It's, it's gotta be cool too, because that's a really good farm system. Like there's talent up and down that system. How much mm-hmm. does that matter to y'all that we, you actually can also offer a really good product on the field? Yeah. I mean, it's huge. It, it's great to finally be able to give our fans some good action on the field. Um, the offensive scoring that we have sometimes it's, I mean, there's nothing better. It creates just a better atmosphere because it's going to talk a lot more about kind of that, but yeah, it's, it's great for our fans. It, they actually are paying attention to the games now, which they didn't used to do. So, so it's awesome for us. John, did you want to add to that? Just like as a broadcaster to actually have prospects to talk about. 
Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, this last year, we even got to dip into the international pool a little bit. You know, two of our top players were Daryl Collins and Emilio Marquez, both of whom are international signees. So not only are the Royals drafting well and early in the draft, but they're picking up um, up from Daryl Collins was a guy from the Netherlands. I mean, tell me the last time you heard of a minor league kid from the Netherlands and he hit our first walk off home run ever. You know, 2016 was when the Fireflies came to town and it was our 4th of July game bomb of the 10th in against Myrtle Beach, and he had a walk-off grand slam with one out in the inning. Uh, so absolutely incredible to have that type of talent to make those types of big moments happen. I'm trying to think if I can think of a ball player from the Netherlands. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm a pretty smart guy. I can't think of one. Um, Funny enough, the Fireflies also have the only ever Irish guy to have played, um, in minor league baseball or like the first one since 1930. Yeah. The fireflies have had a thing for international guys, not from Latin America. Yeah. That, that's, that's hilarious. And you know, Irish baseball, it's, it's funny. Cause I'm a, I'm a part of the Irish baseball society. Um, and so it's, it's kind of, that's kind of neat. I love, I love knowing that I have to pass it on to those guys. Um, you know, actually we, we did speak, uh, going into the off season last year. Um, you guys did a great job with COVID as far as keeping people engaged. Obviously the contraction thing happened. How important was it to you on a personal level to just finally get back to the ballpark and see fans? Yeah. Um, it meant a ton. It meant a ton. I did not know what to do with myself over COVID. Um, the few days I got to come back to the ballpark, it was just, it was just sad because it was empty. Um, there was no one using it. I mean, our ops guys weren't even here. Like it was maybe two of us. It was a ghost town. Um, so that opening day feeling, which is always great every season was just five times better this year. Cause we could actually have fans in the ballpark. Um, the first roar of the crowd, like it's just things you don't forget because you didn't realize how much you missed it. I mean, you go through the grind. We work, we used to work 70 games now going to be 66. Like it's just becomes part of your daily routine. And you, you know, you just, you kind of, now you get used to it, but like the spectacular of it all just kind of wears off a little bit. Um, but finally able to come back, you realize how much you miss it and how much that stuff means to you. I feel like it's the story of every girl who broke up with me. You just don't know what you're missing until it's yeah. gone. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, my wife hates that joke, by the way. Love you, honey. <laughs> um, uh, but John, let me ask you this. Uh, one of the big sort of the big controversies that has come from the pandemic was the schedule. And you guys are playing these long block schedules you know, as a broadcaster, is it, is it, is it interesting to call the sixth game in a row against whatever team it is, or do you kind of miss that routine of every three or four uh, games you're getting a new squad in, or does it matter? Uh, so we'll, we'll make it a compliment sandwich, right? We'll start and end with something positive and <laughs> okay. we'll say the left part in the middle. Uh, so we'll start the compliment sandwich with by game six, you don't have to look down in your notes for bullpens for either team. You don't have to figure out how to say this guy's name as you're going through. You know, sometimes there's this bench player and he's got a tough last name and game three, he's coming in for the first time. You're sitting there and you're going, that's right. Phonetically, it's like this. And you're trying to say it naturally the first time. So by the end of the series, he got great tape uh, in game six. That's that's (laughs) start to a compliment. Um, A little bit of a detriment of this type of scheduling is that Uh, especially last year, it's going to change a little bit in 2022, but we saw the Charleston River Dogs 40 times. We saw Myrtle Beach like 32 times, and I think it was Augusta for another 32. You know, it was hard because you can only tell so many stories about the same group of 30 players coming down the road. 
Whereas in the past, you know, I think this is the first time where I haven't seen all but one team in the league. When I was at Hagerstown in West Virginia in uh, 19 and in 18, you got to see a little bit of everyone. You got to tell stories about, oh, the last time we played this team, it was three months ago. So here's a catch up instead of, right. hey, last week we played this team on the road six times. Now we're playing them at home six times. I guess to bring it back to one more positive thing, uh, when you get six straight games at home, you don't really have to worry about uh, with the old system when there were three or four games, a lot of times you would be at home Tuesday to Thursday, and then you miss out on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, so I guess it gives everyone a really fair opportunity to have the same attendance numbers and to have a chance to tell fans, hey, hey, come back Friday. We have this really cool promotion or Saturday. We're giving away this. Uh, I think that type of scheduling allows people to understand, OK, the team is in town and they're in town this entire week. Ashley, um, what did you notice about it, too? I mean, did you notice, did you guys notice, Did was there less fan engagement if it was six straight games against the River Dogs? Or, you know, does again, does that matter? Yeah, so six straight, definitely. I, didn't, I don't think so. Um, it was helpful that we played a Braves affiliate in 2021, so that actually helped us playing them six days in a row. Um, oh, guys, I'm sorry to interrupt, well, but we're not using the word Braves on this show. It's still a little soon, um, mm-hmm. but I'll get over it soon sorry it's a it's an asterisk um, yeah (laughs) we have uh an atlanta affiliate you know from that state down there no one to talk about them um so that was super helpful we had a ton of away fans um it was nice to have a lot of first like the first time we played myrtle beach um but we did have a couple 12 game homestands and those were really rough trying to get people out to the ballpark two straight weeks um it just kind of gets tiring you can you can do a ton of promotions you can do awesome things um but I mean, as much as we love being at the ballpark every single day and our season ticket holders do, your casual fan is just not going to do that. Um, so the six games weren't that bad. Uh, it was pretty easy to get people into our team. The messaging just became super routine. Um, but the 12 gamers got hard. Yeah, it also makes you wonder, too, if like if you have a casual fan, well, I'll just go next week because they're they're back. Yeah. In ten- like you, you reduce scarcity exactly. in that in that particular thing exactly we did a lot of promotions um for example in the past we used to have fireworks every friday saturday night and we were just like all right we'll throw a bunch of fireworks on there um but what we had to do was kind of create that just one day so you had to, if you wanted fireworks you had to come on saturday if you wanted to give away you had to come on friday if you wanted your kids to run the bases post game you had to come on sunday we kind of had to create even more scarcity to try to encourage people to come to different days of the weeks because yeah if if I can come any single day and see fireworks, whatever day, it doesn't matter. Like, oh, I can just come next time. So it was a lot of trying to create scarcity to try to get people to see like, hey, this is going to expire. You have to come out and see this one game. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 always it's interesting the parallels with the film industry of now you have these date and dates like it's affecting box office because people can watch it you know, on their, their, on a TV, on their TVs. Um, let's talk a little bit about next year, Ashley. Like how how far into planning are y'all for next year's promotion stuff? Are you taking a similar strategy because the schedule is different, but it's still sort of similar, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We are actually in a really good spot for this upcoming season. Um, We are back to kind of operating at basically what we're considering normal. Um, So this giant, nice dream promotional schedule that we had in 2020 that got canceled, that's pretty much been moved to this season. Um, So we're welcoming back national entertainment acts, which is super exciting. Um, A lot more giveaways, a lot more fireworks. Uh, Our Thursdays are going to be hopefully awesome this year um we're going to do theme trivia or have a live band out at the center field bar almost every wow. thursday 
So we are back to kind of operating and being like, okay, this is what we want to do. Let's get people out here. Um, we're in the pretty, pretty close to final stages for that. So we'll hopefully be announcing that soon. Well, I mean, we're excited, um, you know, and, and this will be the first official announcement and our first official announced trip, but you guys will be, we'll be out there April 23rd. I believe that's the Saturday that we'll be there and we cannot wait to cover it. Um, John, real quick, before we fun, jump into some fun stuff for hat day and some rapid fire stuff, what, what is it that you do? What, what would you say you do around here, John? Just kidding. Um, but like, what is, what is your job in the off season between, you know, you're not, you're not preparing to call games. I mean, is it just media relations? What kind of, what are you up to? So a little bit of media relations and website management. Uh, so I manage the press box page that's on our website and, I'm trying to help push out the events that we've had in the past, like Mason's Jingle Jog, or we've had a couple of uh, country concerts throughout the fall. Um, but I think another thing that I've been working a little bit at getting into over the course of this offseason has been trying to get into a little bit of sales with our radio broadcast or with our digital stuff. And uh, it truthfully embodies kind of what minor league baseball spirit is, right? You yeah. have a lot of different hats. Uh, I was Mason last week. So, uh, you know, you, you just wear a bunch of different hats and uh, you make things work. I want to get to be Mason for a little while. That, that sounds like fun. Um, this is our National Hat Day episode and our season finale. So is there a favorite hat you guys have? Like, what's your favorite Fireflies hat? And what about a hat that maybe means something to you guys? Any Ashley, you can go first. Sure. Okay. I have a few. I have a few. I came prepared. Yes. Okay. So... I am very jealous of Myrtle Beach that they took this away from us. Um, so they did a super cool Palmetto series hat. Um, I love this one. I'm not from South Carolina originally, but at this point I've been here for 10 years. So I consider myself a South Carolinian and this is awesome. Um, it's Pelican wings, as you can see as the Palmetto. Um, for those who don't know, this is like kind of the state symbol and a bat. Um, so this is awesome. Mer Hunter in Myrtle Beach, he knows that I bought this literally as soon as they made it. I am very jealous they came out with this and we did not. So that's a good one. Um, and then my other favorite Copa hat, wolves are my favorite animal. And I obviously, I love bright colors. Our colors are neon. Um, Los Sonodores de Hillsboro. Okay. This is their Copa hat. I love it. Just the colors are awesome. It's a howling wolf. Like this is, this is me. I love it. It's an awesome Copa logo they have. I think I'm about to go buy that. That's, I right? haven't seen that one. Yeah, that is sharp. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of Copa in general. So mm -hmm. love it. John, yeah. how about you? All right, so I decided to go bold with the uh, Fireflies' favorite hat. Um, I went with a bucket hat, but it's neon. You know, it's great if you want to bring the kids to, like, Disney World or Universal Studios because <laughs> you, you wear that and your kid's not going to lose you. Yeah, They're going to be won't. able to see you outside of a crowd or vice versa. You won't lose your kids if you want to throw it on. It also just reminds me of every high school defensive coordinator ever. You just need to give them a clipboard and it's there. Uh, so the bucket hats, that's something that I always enjoy. Uh, and neon is kind of putting our brand on it. Now, I didn't come prepared with the favorite hat I have from another team, but I really like the Copa identity of the Albuquerque isotopes. So it's the mariachis. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of a sugar skull with a sombrero and, they give you two different options to purchase. I have the one that's kind of aqua for the bill of the cap. Uh, I think it just looks really nice. I have a bunch of that stuff. My, I think my favorite Copa identity is the El Paso margaritas because it really just hits me where I live. Um, right. <laughs> all right, so we're going to play a little rapid fire, and we are going to do reversed ladies first. So we're going to have John go first each time. That way, Ashley, you have a little more time to think of your 
because some of them Thank are you. hard. I appreciate that. Some of them are hard. So, <laughs> oh all right, guys, uh, first one up, John, you're first. Hot dogs or brats? I would say brat. Brats Ashley? for sure. Broshley, okay. Uh, John, Superman or Batman? Batman, 100%. Huge Dark Knight fan. Yeah, but don't you want to be super? I mean, okay, all right. All right, Ashley? <laughs> um, we have the same answer again. I'm going Batman. Although okay. I'm more Marvel than DC, I will say that. Okay. Um, all right, the strangest thing you've seen at a ballpark, John? Strangest thing I've seen at the ballpark? Uh, we had something called Redneck Night in West Virginia. And afterwards, we had a concert uh, where the winner of Redneck Bachelor went and put a bunch of pallets underneath the couch. We had the couch on top where that was like their throne. <laughs> they sat because they won Redneck Night. Uh, and they got a little rowdy in true Redneck Night fashion and ended up throwing the couch into the seating bowl. Uh, so it was just a super strange thing. And uh, I think that qualifies. That's easily the most <laughs> West Virginia story I've ever heard. Um, Ashley. <laughs> Yeah, I was expecting the couch to be set on fire, honestly. Um, so this past season, so we do Wag Along Wednesdays where you can bring your dogs out. Um, someone brought a tortoise on a uh, cart. Yep. That's amazing. Okay. John, favorite baseball uniform? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I really like our red copas that we did this last year. Okay. Uh, so I just like how they kind of stand out, and then they had great contrast with the darker writing. Playing off of that, we have a new Copa jersey that will be unveiled this season. Um, slightly different colorway, so that'll probably be a top one. Um, but as a Yankees fan, I'm just a clean pinstripe. That is that's that's where I'm at. Look, look, I'm an Astros fan, and we're known for fame for crazy uniforms. But the Yankee pinstripes, the Cowboys star, all that stuff—it's classic for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, all right, The Godfather, Part One or Two. John. Part one, hundred percent. Used to watch it every Christmas with my grandfather Delicia. <laughs> what a what an interesting Christmas movie. Nothing says <laughs> heartwarming like I'll make you an offer you can't refuse. Um, <laughs> Ashley, uh, part one, part one. I wish that was my life. I have. I secretly hope I have some Italian mafia family still in New York. So part one for sure. Okay. <laughs> um, if you could own one sports team that is not your favorite team, which one and why? Uh, the Oakland Athletics, and I like them because the Moneyball stuff, obviously, but also I like the elephant logo that goes all the way back to Philadelphia, I believe. But uh, I've just always liked that alternate logo that they have, and I think it's an iconic franchise. And I think most A's fans would appreciate anybody else owning that team, so that 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 <laughs> that's, that sticks. Ashley, um, I'm gonna go Vegas Golden Knights. They okay. do crazy stuff and like their fan base. I mean, they understand hockey. They're good. They love hockey, but it's just a show. It's a wild show. And you guys might be neighbors if you're both owning the athletics okay. and the Vegas there we go. and the Knights. All right. Uh, John, Star Wars or Jaws? Star Wars. That is tough. That's not even the same. How do you compare the two? Um, Fair. I got to go Jaws just because that's what my mom made me watch as a kid. Uh, Jaws is my all-time number one favorite movie. So there you go. Um, all right, John, what would you pick for your last meal on earth? Uh, I really like chicken Parmesan. I used to have chicken parm Mondays in college, so I'd probably go with that. Okay, Ashley? Uh, a perfectly grilled steak. Okay. Now, would you have that last meal with Michael Scott from The Office or Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec? Uh, Leslie Nope. I, I like Parks and Rec more than The Office for sure. Same. Leslie Nope. 
I don't understand people who pick Michael Scott because it, you just want awkward. Like, are you just looking for uncomfortable? <laughs> I'd rather be inspired. Okay, uh, John, first time that baseball broke your heart. I'm a Cleveland Indians fan. So my first baseball <laughs> memory in the late 90s, I was three years old. It's actually my first memory ever. Uh, I remember in 1997, the Indians lose to the Marlins in game seven. My dad and my uncle were next to me. They were really upset. And I said, don't worry, we'll play tomorrow. And then they said, there is no tomorrow. That's my first ever memory. Wow. He became an adult that day. Actually. Yeah. I don't, this is going to sound cliche. I don't know if there's a day that baseball has ever broken my heart. Maybe that's because I was raised during the golden era of the Yankees. So I just kind of got accustomed to not having my heart broken. So now it's just like, okay, I feel like I deserve it now. Um, but no, yeah, baseball, I love baseball. It's never broken my heart. I'm a, um, I came of age as a Cowboys fan in the nineties. So I totally get like, Oh, we just win the super bowl every year. This is what happens. And that's great. <laughs> yeah. All right. So last question, John, if you could work in any other sport other than baseball, what would it be? Uh, probably football. Okay. And Ashley. Hockey. All right. Well, uh, Ashley and John, thank you guys so much for jumping on and doing a great job with the Columbia fireflies. We cannot wait to be there and meet you guys in person and just, really just like four months. So it's going to be a great. Yeah. yeah excited. We're so excited to have you. Get ready. It's princess night that night. So bring your tiara. I am so into princess night. Let me get a fun <laughs> anecdote before we go. I got blocked by the Astros beat writer for Cause he mocked princess night and I just destroyed him and all these people piled <laughs> on. And then he blocked me. He blocked a bunch of people. And then I sold a bunch of t-shirts that said Chandler blocked me. There you go. Um, no. I don't know why he did it. He, it, uh, it was an, un, uh, no one asked him. He just said, this is boring. And I'm like, okay, you don't understand how it gets. All right, Ashley, John, thanks so much for jumping on. Let's get to. Thanks for Thank having us. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, please adjust your scorecards. We have a special guest in the lineup. And we are excited to welcome Paul Caputo. You are no stranger to the show. Absolutely not. I'm happy to be back. This is uh, one of my favorite shows out there, and I am very pleased to be part of it. And going forward in 2014, a regular contributor. You're going to come to us live from the, the ice cream den. We need a name for it. We need a... So, so on my new podcast, I've been calling it the baseball... Uh, uh, sorry, I've been calling it the Helmet Sunday Hall of Fame. And I so Love I start it. each episode by saying I'm broadcasting live from the Helmet Sunday Hall of Fame. So I think that might be its name now. I love it. And and we want to talk about the new podcast. I think everybody needs to be listening to it. Uh, you've already done such a great job on only having, what, four or five episodes out. So fifth one dropped today. At the time of this recording, the fifth one just came out. Well, I got to get done with you so I can get back to you. Um, <laughs> In fact, today's episode features one of your award winners, Emma Tiedemann from the Portland Sea Dogs. Oh, dude, Emma's the absolute best. She was great. She was great. How many times did she mention that Texas is awesome? Texas came up for sure, but we, uh, you know, she's got that main pride thing going now too. You know, the, she's talking about those, uh, the red snappers, those crazy hot dogs they have there talking yeah. about lobster rolls. Yeah. So she is, she's all about this, this, this main thing. Now I will be up there for the first time this year. I'm so excited. I'm making the trip up, but let's talk about you because you're, you're also going to be a regular part of this show starting in the, the fourth season, uh, coming on anytime there's a new brand or something fun to discuss. And so, I, I'm just, I just want to tell you, I'm excited about that. I cannot wait for that to happen. Well, I am super excited to be part of it. I've been a fan for so long. So now to actually get to participate in the show outside of just being a, an occasional guest is, 
I'm a huge fan of that. And getting to talk about new minor league baseball brands is my favorite thing. So, so thank you, James, for, for bringing me, bringing me in and making me a part of this. Absolutely. Well, let's talk minor league baseball brands. So, um, you know, they have that period of time in November where mm-hmm. everything kind of gets what the logo vember, whatever, whatever yep. word people are using. Yep. Are you basically a kid in an helmet uh, ice cream shop at that point <laughs> or in my case a 48 year old man in the helmet sunday yeah. ice cream shop uh yes logo vember is one of my favorite things uh you know minor league baseball teams on the on the whole have been very good about you know giving advanced access and you know giving me access to the designers you know i'm always having conversations with you know brandios or torch creative or you know some of these these places out there that are doing them the front office personnel will get me on the phone and and then I have the burden of this knowledge, right? Like, cause everyone's out there on Twitter, like, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? And, and I'm just like, uh, you know, just sort of twiddling my thumbs. Like yeah. I know, but I can't say. And so, so I love logo Vember. I love getting to talk to the designers and the front office personnel. And, uh, and then I miss it during the year, but then, you know, we're going to have a sort of new with the new alignment of minor league baseball, it's going to change the schedule of when they unveil these things is actually going to be slightly different. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that goes. And we're going to have a different period because they now have different guidelines for when they need to submit their alternate brands. So we're going to see the alternate brands get released at a different time of year than we're used to seeing. So this is the the the, the ebb and flow of the rebranding calendar is going to change with time. What is your gut feeling? And yeah, we'll go ahead and get to the serious question first. Or only, yeah, what is your gut feeling though? You know, I, I sit... And, and I've made the same comparison to a guest on this, this episode where like on the one hand, I have this fear of a homogenized minor league baseball. Mm-hmm. On the mm-hmm. other hand, I think to myself, Disney bought star Wars to make money. And some might argue they made some of the best star Wars that's ever come out. Sure. How, what fear level do you have that we're going to just basically start to see very few alternative brands and every team's named after their parent club. I don't think we're ever going back to that. Uh, I think Major League Baseball got involved in affiliated minor league baseball to the level that they did because they see what a cash cow it is. They see how good these brands are. And, you know, I I think they they saw how well minor league teams were doing and they wanted a piece of the pie. Uh, I think it's, you know, so I think it's going to be the opposite of what we used to see where, you know, the major league teams just weren't even that interested or the, sorry, the minor league teams weren't even that interested in trying to make money off a brand. They were just trying to develop players and get them to the, to the major league club. So I, you know, I'm not worried about a homogenous minor league baseball because of major league baseball being involved. And I think that we saw that with the Appalachian league, right? Like, I mean, we saw a pretty wide diversity of, of brands, nine of those 10 brands, all of them, except for the sock puppets were designed by major league baseball. Uh, and then the sock puppets were created by by Dan Simon of Studio Simon. So, you know, that that to me is a pretty good indication that, you know, Major League Baseball came in, got involved with the Appalachian League and still came out with fairly good across the board brands yeah. uh, in that league. And some of them sort of with different intentions, you know, some of them are sort of wackier and trying to appeal to a national market. And some of them are more focused on really appealing to that hyper local market. But on the whole, with the exception of the Pulaski River Turtles, uh, the River Turtles having their guy sliding into home plate from the wrong direction, um, you know, I never the- noticed that, Paul. <laughs> Check now out the all pol- I'll think about for Check the, out the Pulaski River Turtles. Their turtle is sliding into home plate from the wrong direction. Uh, you know, okay. With- 
with the exception of that, like, I, you know, I think the Appalachian rebrands were great. And I, uh, I think it's the strongest league top to bottom. I mean, I'm actually sitting here with my Flyboys coaster. I lifted nice. out 40 of these from the ballpark, but awesome. I do think it, it, it is the strongest top to bottom league. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would agree with that. So somebody who's in the media about this stuff, how much did the leaked emails from the Yankees to the Staten Island Yankees bug you? A lot, right? Like a lot, because, you know, the idea of a major league team trying to influence a minor league teams, an independently owned minor league team's ability to make money from their brand and to be creative and to have fun. You know, the fact that they were leaked is a problem to me. And the fact that the major league club was out there trying to keep the Staten Island Yankees from doing the, the, the pizza rats, um, you know, I mean, I know there's disagreement among Yankees fans as to, you know, whether that brand was appropriate or not, but the idea of the major league club trying to influence it was very disappointing to me. Yeah. And I think also short-sighted because yeah. I would never buy Staten Island Yankees stuff. I have three pizza rats hats. Yeah, absolutely. I went to a Gwinnett Stripers game, right? The Braves are my mortal enemy. I'm a Phillies fan. The Braves are yeah. the mortal enemy out there, right? I bought Stripers stuff because, you know, I actually have a green hat just like this Tor- uh, Tortugas one from a Braves affiliate, the Braves AAA affiliate. Never in a million years am I buying something that says Braves on it. I, during the NLCS last year, I wore a Stripers hat because I wanted to support my good friends at, at Mansplain Baseball elsewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm not put, I mean, I'm the, the old Astros fan in me wants no part of any, as we learned in 2021, I still want no part of any <laughs> actual Atlanta Braves gear. So um, I'm going to, we're going to talk some, some of the rebrands and, and I'm going to go first because I'm going to show you two of the ones I really liked. And I kind of want your thought without knowing which one I'm going to reveal. And I kind of okay. went with one that's a little more goofy and fun and one that I think they really improved the brand. And I want to start with, the Aberdeen Ironbirds. What was yeah. your overall take on just this sort of fun, whimsical approach to that brand? Uh, well, I see that you're wearing the sweatshirt right now. I was I was surprised by it because they have been going sort of less cartoony with each rebrand. Um, so to me, I was surprised that they had this sort of callback to this very sort of like Disney looking airplane, like, you know, like Pixar airplane character, basically. Yeah, um, I, I think it's um, I think it's I think it's fun. I think that's what they were trying to do. I think they wanted to be kid friendly. Um, I don't know if it's one that that I'm necessarily going to like seek out intentionally. If I go to an Ironbirds game, right, I'm going to get it. I was surprised that they went sort of as cartoony as they did as, as kid oriented cartoony as they did. And that they, they threw all the way back to their original brand, basically with this, with this new look, um, you know, the iron birds in general, I really like that look. I love the idea of the, uh, you know, Cal Ripken, iron man, and then the, the connection to the birds uh, for the Orioles. So in general, I like it uh, very much. I there's, I have to say of the rebrands that we saw this off season, I don't dislike any of them. Um, the iron burns, the iron birds to me were almost sort of the least notable just because it was just a callback to a previous brand in a lot of ways. So, so that's my initial reaction on the iron birds. So I'm going to show you the next one. And, and, and I talked about this in my opening. I thought this was a team that I love. I love the organization. I love the ballpark. And I thought it was 
drastically in need of a refresh. It's always looked and felt dated to me, and that is the Midland Rockhounds. Mm-hmm. And I love this, the, the Pickaxe M across the state of Texas. First impression of that one when you saw it. Huge fan. Huge fan of this rebrand. Uh, I agree with you that it was in need of a, of a rebrand. Um, it's so hard for a minor league baseball team to, to rebrand a dog based logo without it looking like Poochie from the Simpsons. Um, so the, the guys from torch creative, we have a, a real- Poochie for, we have a Poochie <laughs> reference. He was on what one episode of the Simpsons one time. I mean, all right, <laughs> Google it. He looks like every minor league baseball dog logo. Um, but this rebrand, the guys from torch creative, I think just knocked it out of the park. I use that reference a lot. I guess that slogan a lot, but, um, they really needed a rebrand the the colors that they came up with it was much more refined it was a much more in a way like a more serious cartoon dog right mm-hmm. it it's it's just so much more professional looking than it used to be um and that was their intention right and then they introduced some alternate logos to go along with the the dog based one um the the paw print that is made from oil drops oh, i think is a love a, that that's a terrific one. Um, they had three different versions of the head, right? Like they had, or, or of the dog, they had just the head and then they had the torso. And then they add for the first time, cause the, the rock hounds didn't have this before they had the full, there you go. There's the, the, yeah. just from the torso. Um, they had the full, uh, body of the dog, which, you know, was a, is a terrific logo. The M from the pickaxes is, is awesome. That's a new one that torch creative just came up with. So uh, of all of the rebrands, that one is my favorite. Oh, yeah, it's definitely obviously top of my list too. All right, so you had, you know, you, I know I'd asked you to bring it, come up with a couple of it. What were some of the other ones that you thought were just super strong? And we'll have the logos appear as you're talking. I saw, I thought, so I thought the, um, I'll, I'll save my second favorite because I came up with two for my, my top favorite and my second favorite. I really like um, what the Bowling Green Hot Rods did. And the only reason, that it was not like top favorite is because it was, it was sort of a minor change, right? Like it wasn't for all of their logos. They updated just the one, uh, the car logo mm-hmm. again, a little bit like the Ironbirds, sort of throwing back to one, one of their earlier logos. Um, but their, their new sort of car based logo, I think it just, just is awesome. Knocks it out of the park. Do I get to say that again? I, um, as much as you want to. <laughs> that one. They, they, had, they got a real touchdown with that one, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, really. That was some kind of extra point from it, those guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, I just, I, I really like that one quite a bit. Um, I, I and- liked it too. And my, one of my first thoughts of it was it's so unfair because Bowling Green's already solid top to bottom. Any one of their looks, I think, really really pops and so it was almost like an embarrassment of riches here they come again with an all orange variant it was so cool so cool right right so good so good but i so i i almost wonder if we need to save the the fish sticks do we need to save the fish sticks for for the end because this is to, to me the one that sort of stole if not the brand itself the story of the fish sticks uh, to me were the, you know, were the sort of story of the off season. So the, the Rockhounds I think had the best rebrand, but this dub C. So this, this, this collegiate summer level team that plays outside of Seattle, they're like the fourth biggest team in their own city. They play outside of Seattle. They were the high line bears. When you talk to their general manager, uh, Justin Mosier, he'll tell you, he's like, 
we just picked a mascot at random. We didn't think it mattered. We were just like eh, bears, right? Like, I mean, it might as well have been the wildcats. And so <laughs> the fact that they were the Highline Bears, like zero register on a national scale, right? Came in, worked with Brandios and came up with this idea of like, okay, we have a couple different, you know, brands that we can put out there. The Dub C Fish Sticks and Dub C that's that stands for a couple of different things it's like western seattle is one of them and i i've it's gone right out of my head what the other thing that dub c stood for but um they're d-u-b-s-e-a the dub c fish sticks they had an online vote and you know because you participated and you chose sides uh <laughs> you know my, people still have like trump flags on their car i'm still yes. driving around with a seal slinger stick sticker on my <laughs> so so i love this because it's you know i was on the opposite side of this right like i was i was team fish sticks um <laughs> in part because um the whole notion of like that i didn't i wasn't buying the the tom and jerry relationship between <laughs> between the seal and the and the killer whale so but they had this incredibly close online vote that went down to the very last day and like Dub 46 C, votes i think 46 for, votes separated. 46 votes it was yeah it was like 50.4 yeah. percent to 46 point or 49.6 percent incredibly close two really fun brands they have all sorts of stuff planned for like protest night right like they're gonna have like a dub c like section and so um you know it's it, it was just you know it's it's just really funny what they did the whole operation was just really funny the whole story uh, and the, the way it took over social media to me was just was a blast i started using the hashtag because i would i liked fish sticks they have a they have a fish stick character swinging a french fry like a baseball bat and his he's got his hat on backwards. He's meant to look a little bit like Ken Griffey Jr. Um, you know, so so it's definitely, you know, definitely a really funny brand. This idea of fish stick. collegiate summer level baseball teams, you know, they're living on fish sticks, right? Like, you know, the frozen food section of the grocery store is everything that they're doing. I was using the hashtag stop the seal when I was Love promoting that. the fish sticks. We had Justin so, on the show a couple of weeks ago and he was yeah. like, yeah, shout out to you for that. That was genius. Um, so I really, I really liked that one. There were, you know, there have definitely been some, some others uh, and I'll just, I'll rattle through them quickly. Cause I don't know how long you, you, you meant to go with me here, but Brandios did another project that I really liked um, for the, the Indios de Mayaguez in the Puerto Rican league. And so, oh. so first of all, they just redid the logo for the Puerto Rican league to incorporate the silhouette of Roberto Clemente. And that was huge, right? Like that's okay. an awesome logo. So that logo is a very like serious brandiose design um, out, you know, not really characteristic of the sort of wacky stuff that they're doing. They did the fish sticks logo as well. Right. Like, so, you know, they're used to doing sort of wacky stuff. They introduced a character to uh, the Puerto Rican league team, Indios de Mayaguez. And it's a mango. It's like a mango swinging a baseball bat. <laughs> so, so that one was really fun. Um, we probably haven't talked enough about the Beloit Sky Carp because that's the one that I thought was going to be the story of the offseason. Um, Sky Carp meant to be a goose that has decided it's through with the notion of, of um, traveling south for the summer and is just going to stay in Beloit, Wisconsin, right? Like, and so yeah. it's got a scarf and then, and, and it's got, and it's, it has all these shout outs to sort of like local history with the ironworks and the wrench. 
and uh, the goggles that were were worn by a famous aviator uh, from Beloit. And so like a lot going on. Also brandiose. I think the fish sticks and the rock hounds sort of stole the show from them this year. So, or this off season. So um, the, uh, and then there were two others that I was going to bring up. One was the, uh, the Stockton porch just did a tugboat logo for a cap. Uh, They sort of called, it's like a little detail that they called out of one of their, um, uh, of one of their alternate logos that goes way back. So that was a cool one. And then another one that I know has gotten a lot of really positive attention is the uh, the Staten Island Ferry Hawks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And so that's an Atlantic League team. The Atlantic team is just growing and growing and growing, right? Like they're going to have a bunch of, uh, of, of new teams. But the Ferry Hawks was sort of one of these, these ones where I, I, I held my breath when I first heard it. And, and I was just like, it's, <laughs> it's getting a really good reaction. Like it's like this hawk and it's on the ferry and like the Staten Island folks love their ferry. Um, and so that's a really good one. That was done by uh, Sky Design. Um, and you know, they're just getting into doing some work in, in minor league baseball for sure. So, uh, that's a good one that I like very much. And, um, you know, I kind of think those are the, the highlights for me. Well, last one I want to bring up then before we run, one of the ones I really grabbed onto was the green Bay rockers. I thought that they oh, yeah. really, and then talking to their GM about what the whole mission's going to be about bringing in live music and stuff like that. I thought that was another brand where every single look I really dug. Most importantly, the baseball mitt doing the <laughs> the rocker hands. Yeah, that's, you know, and that's one where, uh, again, I had sort of mixed feelings on it because uh, I liked the Booyah. I thought the Booyah was a fun logo. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, you know, very specific to Wisconsin. It had only been around for three years. I'm trying to think of other teams, like, the only other team I can think of that had only been around for, for three years was our, our, our new Orleans baby cakes. Um, so, you know, the, so the rockers, I mean, it's a professionally done brand. I think it looks really nice. The idea of tying it in with their entertainment venue and, you know, sort of uh, that's the only instance of that, that I can think of, right. Where a, uh, you know, a team is named essentially for its, you know, associated business prospects. Right. (laughs) Um, so, so, you know, but it's a nice looking brand. Uh, I just, you know, like I said, I liked, I liked the booyah. I thought that was a sort of fun cartoony thing. Um, we do have one more coming. There's one more pioneer league team. That's about to, um, about to rebrand. And we were supposed to have seen them already up in Kalispell, Montana. Uh, that is going to be on the, the 19th of January that we see that new look. So, uh, Definitely. We'll need to talk about that one when that one comes out. Yeah. We'll need to make sure that we're following you, Paul, and uh, making sure we're listening to your show. I'm about to listen to me, to, to you and Emma Tiedemann as soon as we're done with this. But uh, thanks so much for jumping on. And thanks again for just agreeing to be part of the team going forward. I can't wait. I love it. I'm so pleased to be part of it. I Like I said, I've always loved your show. I love the the positivity and the enthusiasm and uh, just the, the the vibe that you bring to minor league baseball. So much fun. So um, thank you for having me, James, and I'm looking forward to being part of this. Ladies and gentlemen, please adjust your scorecards. We have a special guest in the lineup. All right, so we're excited to have on Let's Get To. If you're going to have a Hat Day episode, you got to have Ed Rivera, the Dad Hat Chronicles, on the show to talk a little Dad Hats. Ed, first of all, how was your New Year starting, man? How you doing? Uh, it's going good, man. Um, I'm happy to the... You know, the, the new year has started. There's been no issues, right? Uh, starting to, you know, do more videos of collecting. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, the new year's has been great, you know, quiet stuff. So that's a good thing. 
Let's talk a little bit about your show. But before we get into your show, I want to mm-hmm. talk a little bit about dad hats. And I'm going to do yep. something to you that I hope doesn't ruin our friendship. <laughs> I, I think I know where you're going with I this. Hate so them. Please do. <laughs> and so I'm curious as to why anyone likes them. And you know what it is? You know what it is that it's stupid, but I have a really good head of hair. Yeah. And the dad hat, you cannot, you either wearing a hat that day or you're having a hair day. So, but mm-hmm. what is it about that sort of style of hat that kind of grabbed you and got you to become the internet's biggest expert? I mean, 47 follows you. Yeah. So here's the thing. Uh, and, and the reason why I like the dad hats is one, the ma- the very, the main thing as a dad, we all know it's affordability, right? It's, that's okay. the number one. It is, it, it is cheaper to buy one of these hats than it is to buy a 39, you know, 30 or 59 fit, any of those, which I love. I, I, I own all, all of all brands of all kinds of hats. I do yeah. even snapbacks and all that, but it is cheaper. Right. Um, and then, you know, I, I, Ever since, you know, I've I've been doing this whole dad hat chronicles thing. It's like I've been wanting to give some love to the dad hats because every obviously, you know, you have the new eras who they are just right. They're they're dominating when it comes to their 5950s and different styles, different colors. But now with the dad hats. Also, let's be honest, if you sit on one of those, they're ruined. That's right? true. They are ruined. No matter how you look at it, they're ruined. If I was to go ahead and do this now. Right. Exact Nothing. same hat when you put it back right on. back to where it was. Yeah. So it gets, no, that, it gets- that, that's a great point. And it's funny because um, what I like about the, the 3930s and dad hats is they look like ball caps, right? Correct. They look like what you would play with. Like, you know, you can't, I mean, this is a 15, you can't bend the bill. No. Like, and, and so part of me, like, you know, I remember taking a baseball, putting it in the bill, rubber banding it, and then that's or or yeah. baseball wrapping it around with, exactly all exactly. the time. Yeah. yeah, so you can't do that. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the show because it, it, it I think um, whatever you're doing is working for your favor. I've it's blown up. Um, mm-hmm. But what is the mythos? Not the mythos. What is the mission behind your show? Because it's one of the most, I think. It sounds like what I imagined having a beer with you would be like, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel very agenda driven. It feels very like, let's hang out and talk about shit we like. Yeah, pretty much. That's what it is. It does yeah. exactly what it is. I, I like to have conversations with people. Um, my wife will tell you that I will talk to a wall. And, and <laughs> that is so true. Right. And my whole goal, and I don't do a lot of research before, right? I do a little bit, right? Uh, but I, I want to make sure that when I'm having that conversation, um, with you, right? I want to make sure that when you're telling me is, you know, I'm genuinely surprised and I'm generally, you know, f- finding it out for the very first time. And I like that. I like that aspect of, you know, of a podcast, right? And and that's a good thing about having different types of podcasts out there. Like yours is very structured, right? Yeah. And that's how you like it, which is a good thing. I enjoy it because I watch it every, all the time, right? <laughs> But with me, I wanted to do something a little bit different. I'm like, I only ask one question at the beginning, right? And then wherever the conversation goes, that's where it goes. That's where it leads, right? Am I going to have certain uh, conversations with, you know, with other people that, you know, are going to be a little bit more structured or, or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. But for the most part, it's just what, however that conversation is, if you think of it, like you said, we're going to a bar, we're meeting for the first time, we're having a beer and we're just shooting the shit. How uh, you hit on something interesting because it's something that I struggle with too. Because 
one of the things I love about it is this community that we've sort of all found ourselves in. Right. Right. And, you know, I, I love the fact that it's a very open community, but I also love that, you know, three of us off the top of my head have podcasts talking about you talking about Paul Caputo who's on the show as well this time. (laughs) And then of course mine, they're all different. And I do struggle with that of saying, I need to make sure it's different because we have the opportunity to get our soul to TV. Right. So that has to be fit into a certain thing. Yep. Does that factor into you making sure like I need to make sure it's different. So that way people don't listen and go, Oh, it's the same thing I heard six times already moving on to something else. Yeah. And, and it, it is right. You got to think about that. Uh, what it, what I'm doing is different than yours and different than Paul's right. Anna from um, the baseball bucket list. Right. Um, I want to make sure that they're different because we, uh, the way I think about it is we are providing content for people who really love the minor league baseball, who love baseball overall, yeah. right. In, in sports. And, and I, and I want to do that. I, you know, and I also like the fact that like, you know, like you said, we're in this community, but we're all supportive of each other, which is, you know, you don't see that in a lot of other places, right? No. We're all, we're all rooting for each other. I'm like, absolutely, man. Good for you. Your show is taking off. Keep going, you know, and I'm going to retweet when your episode comes out, when Paul's comes out, I retweet it because one, I love it because I love the, the product. And two, I want to support you guys as much as you guys support me, you know? How, um, you know, it's weird because you and I, I, you and I, I think are similar cats, you know, when it comes down to stuff, how much sort of refaith in humanity do you get from that minor league community <laughs> that we're in? Right. Like you, this big <laughs> take is all the answer I needed. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and I, when I went at the beginning of the uh, uh, new year's Eve, right. It's like, you know, let's just be nicer to each other. And, and I, and that's what I want to put out. I don't want to put out any negative stuff, right? Because it's just, it just defeats the purpose, right? There's already enough negativity out there yeah, in the world that people are pushing that I want us to, you know, when you're, when I'm listening to your podcast, I forget about all the other stuff and I'm listening and I'm entertained, even though I also listen to your, you know, go, go Astros, even though I'm not an Astros fan. Right. But I listen to it because I forget about everything else and I forget about the negativity out there and it's fun. We were hard on Manfred. And then we saw that, that uh, Ken Rosenthal got fired. Now we're all like, Oh my God, is it coming for us next? Oh my God. And you know what? I, I, he's a, he's a weak man. Let's be honest. He's a weak man. And and, and sucks because Rosenthal is one of the few guys in the business. I really think genuinely loves the sport, loves the sport. Um, So one of the things that you have sort of the fixtures on your Twitter account is the wheel of hats that your kid picks out for you. Mm -hmm. Now be honest. Mm-hmm. Was there ever a time when you were like, ah, I don't know, maybe one more shot? Oh, yeah, all the time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, girlfriend, can we pick a different one? Let's do another video. Can we? You know? But that's what the wheel is there for, right? Yeah. So, Because sometimes Jessica will ask me, like, what was that? What did the my wife will be like? What was the wheel today? And I'm like, <laughs> we'll pull it up. So now I don't, I don't know if she's going to be disheartened or, or encouraged that it's not just, you know, done. It, and here we go. Yeah, but but here's the thing though. Like I've only done a couple of retakes a couple uh, sometimes, and it's because um, and it, it, I'm dealing with a three year old, right? So yeah. it's it's hard to you know maintain an attention and and that's how it goes, right? But for the most part, it's listen. I put it on the wheel and off it goes. If it comes, whatever it is, I will support it. And then you know I'm supporting a, a small business, right? So I will still buy it no matter what. 
how important is that part of it to you? The small business huge, part? Huge. That's, that was the main thing. That's the whole reason why I started that at Chronicles, to be honest with you. Um, when the, when the pandemic started, I wanted to do my part, right? Everybody was doing local support businesses and all that. And I'm a huge baseball fan. Um, so I was like, you know, I need to find a way for me to do it for me to support, you know, the small business. So, you know, and do you remember when the hashtag came out, like hashtag MILB, you know, the first minor league team to, you know, to say hi or whatever, mm -hmm. all by their hat. That's how it went. That's how it really just took off from there, you know, and then um, so I, I got the Daytona Tortugas, right? Um, I bought their, they didn't have a dad hat at that point. So I bought a snapback hat, you know, but I was like, hey, listen, they were the first ones. They're getting my money. And that's how it went. It's, and it's still going on to this day. That's the mission, right? I'm supporting a minor local business, even if it's not here in Ohio. Um, I do want to ask before I ask you the the question, I know, you know, is coming and, and I, maybe you don't want to talk about, <laughs> you said you wanted to stay positive. But I want to go back to go back to, you know, your daughter's part in this. How much yep. does that matter to you? Like knowing that you're building something that you two are going to share forever. Uh, it's it's the best thing in the world. Right. Because now she comes to me. Right. She knows that we do it on the weekends. She goes like, Daddy, let's go make a video. Right. She knows already. She looks at my logo and she looks at it and she says, Daddy, dad hat. Right. So she knows, you know, what's going on. She knows that. And then that's the best part about it, you know, because it's my, you know, my time with her and, and we are sharing that time together. We're, you know, it's a hat. Right. You know, a lot of times she doesn't. My wife is like, don't buy her a hat. Just don't buy her a hat. Right. You know, just buy you a hat and then, you know, go from there. But we're sharing that moment. And that's, okay. that's the best part about it. So I think one, uh, you are Eric Mertens. Obviously, you won our Eric Mertens Baseball Spirit Award. Mm -hmm. So that tells yep. you what uh, what we think of you. I think you're a beautiful human being. I appreciate um, it, man. Thanks. Uh, you spent a lot of money on Cleveland Guardians gear. <laughs> yes, while I did. Being openly against it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll say. How, it. <laughs> how how are you now? Or how long will it take you? Like, can you see yourself? I mean, I'm sure you're always going to be a fan, right? Like, yeah. So can right. you, when do you think it's going to become, okay, this is my team and we're good. Is it going to take till first pitch? Will it take a play? You know, what do you, what do you think? I, I love the team, right? That's my team. No matter what I will root for my Cleveland ball club, right? At, the, at some point, you know, we pick a team and that's who we pick with, right? That's who we stay with no matter what ups and lows. That's our team. Um, you know, the name doesn't bother me. What bothers me is the logos. They, and they're just bad. It's simple as that, right? If you look at, you know, you, me, we've all seen so many good logos out there in the minors, right? That they could have taken anybody. They could have called Brandios. They could have called Dan Simon. They could have called anybody. Heck, they could have called me and I would have done a better logo um, than what they did, right? But I get what, kind of get it, you know, and, and I'm still trying, I struggle with it every day. The wing G looks a little bit better on the head, but it's not something that I'm going to wear all the time. Yeah. The C is better because the C was very block and it was very plain and it was just, um, it was uninspiring. Yeah. This C is a little bit, you know, has a little bit more shape to it. So I guess I can get it. Um, but, you know, and 
I always, I, I joked that the other day, I put it on Twitter that, you know, the majors is like your conservative parents, right? Then you got triple A, your firstborn, you know, double A is your kid who's like, right? <laughs> and then you got the single list who just absolutely does not care. So let's yeah. good do whatever. So yeah. that's how I look at it. And the indies are your crazy cousins. You love no matter what, right? So that's how I looked at it. Um, I'm still not happy with it but I'm, I'm going to support it. I'm not going to spend too much money on it. Cause I'd rather spend it on minor league stuff than on major leagues, but I have to, I mean, it's a dad head, right? So it's my brand. I got to look for a dad head and you know, I did a video on it. So. Okay. So uh, kind of our last question then. Um, yeah. And we, we actually had Patrick Larson on the show as well. We asked him the exact same question. Such I'm a gonna, good dude. I will tell you the same story I told him, which means the listeners get to hear it twice. Uh, Hat Day 2019. I'm teaching my baseball and cinema class. Mm -hmm. And one of my students has my credit card is turned off three times because it's all MLB shop, right? So they think it's fraud. Yeah. Uh, and she does a tick mark of 21 hats I bought on National Hat Day 2019 that she then took a photo and sent to my wife, which is a whole other conversation. Mm -hmm. How do you approach National Hat Day? Or do you sit back and wait for deals? Do you have an idea of where you think you might go? How, uh, how do you kind of play it out? I approach it uh, carefully. Um, <laughs> and I say that, you know, just I got to ask permission first from the, uh, the, boss of the family. Absolutely. With you. Right. So that that first part I take care of, um, I, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, doing a, a hat every hour of the day, right? A different hat that I'm going to highlight, you know. Um, I am going to buy some hats. That's for sure. Uh, the amount of hats, I don't know yet. Um, it, it would it would not be uh, on brand if I didn't wait for a deal. I have to wait for a deal. You yeah. know, what, it's a sale, a clearance, whatever it is. I got to, you know, listen, I'm a dad. Dad hat chronicles. You got to get the deals. That's how it goes. So that's and, how, and frankly, that's how if, it, if teams aren't offering discounts on National right? Hat Day, then like you got to meet us halfway at some point. Uh, speaking of this meeting is halfway, you know, uh, the, we're going to be announcing at the end of this episode where we'll be in mm -hmm. 2022. And we've got two South Carolina stops. So, hey, I'm going to be uh, in the area pretty soon. So, um, yeah, man. Columbia and Greenville. So, yes. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. This, is, this yeah. is what I'm saying. He is Ed Rivera. You need to check out the Dag Hat Chronicles. Check out not just his his podcast, but his Twitter account. Uh, you keep it light, you keep it fun, and you really keep it a refreshing for all of us. So thanks for much for not just being on the show, Ed, but for being you. We really appreciate Absolutely, it. Absolutely, man. You know, and thank, thank you for what you're doing, man, because we're, you know, you're highlighting the minor leagues from uh, from every point of view that, you know, honestly, and, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but the, the main reason why I really started doing the the podcast and all that, and I was I was hearing your podcast and I'm like, man, I, I want to do something, right? I want to do, you know, and I'm stuck in my house in a pandemic because I work from home now. So I got to do something. And then, you know, I'm looking for ideas and all that. And that's how I came up with your podcast. So I'm like, here we go. You know? Well, so, yeah. I, that, that is a tremendous compliment since the, your content is so great and your quality is so good. Ed, thanks for jumping on. Let's get to you. We'll talk to you next season. Absolutely. I'll be here. Ladies and gentlemen, please adjust your scorecards. We have a special guest in the lineup. And it is our special National Hat Day episode, the unofficial best minor league, minor league baseball holiday out there. And we've got Patrick Larson, who's a bit of a hat guy himself. You know, if you're on the show, you're a hat guy. Patrick, how's it going, man? Doing well, Jim. How about yourself? I'm really happy to be here. 
yeah, uh, doing great. You know, it's um, it's it's our season finale as well, so we're gonna have about two and a half months off, and then we'll jump right back into this. It's gonna, it'll be here before we know it. But a little bit about you, man. Um, so just how did you go from a guy who likes caps to now a guy who likes caps and is talking about the history of baseball hats and, and all that fun stuff on Twitter? Well, I've always been a collector of sorts, Jim. And um, I, when I was little, I used to collect baseball cards, and I've always loved the game of baseball. But and I've always had a love for hats as well. But I really got serious about minor league hats probably about three years ago, I would say. Okay. And I kind of started with a, with a couple, and it was really with the rebranding of, say, like the Amarillo Sod Poodles, the Rocky Mountain Vibes, yeah. and and that kind of thing that really got me into that style of rebranding and how people were not only taking into account you know the fun logos and the fun sign of minor league baseball, but also taking into account. The, lo- the local places where they play and the history of those places. And so when I saw companies like Brandios, Studio Simon, people like that, that were really, really kind of blending those two sides together, it really made me interested in minor league logos specifically. So I started collecting a few and then I kept going and going. And I said, at the time, I wanted to get all 160 uh, minor league teams at the time. And no matter what I had to do to make that happen, whether it was call the team, find the general manager, whatever it took, I just wanted to be able to support, to be able to say that I supported every team and, and by that small businesses and all these local, you know, small cities around the United yeah. States. How close did you get to the 160 before the great unpleasantness happened? I reached all 160. Oh, very cool. And and, and yep. did you do like Rob Manfred and just throw those other 40 away? Or are you going to, you're going to keep the other Oh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be the anti Rob Manfred. Yeah, well, that thing, and, it's a good uh, a good goal for anybody, particularly somebody <laughs> associated in baseball. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about the hat collector community, but also the baseball community itself. And and one of the things I wish more teams would realize is that yes, you have to. I think create a brand that fits, like you said, the local community. I think that you have to market that, but also understand that there is a huge national audience for all things. Talk to me a little bit about just how you fit into that audience and and what have you thought of this sort of community that's growing up around supporting the minor leagues? Well, honestly, I think of this whole minor league baseball community, the hat community, and really this kind of overall baseball community that, that we've seen with people like yourself that are putting together great podcasts and great content is that, these minor league teams and independent professional and collegiate summer league teams, they look at people as names and not just numbers. You're not just something to try to, you're not just another number that to try to sell an overpriced ticket for, for, for a seat that's in the upper decks that you're not going to be able to have that kind of intimate experience. And I think in the minor leagues, you don't just get, when you buy that ticket, that's cheaper than major league baseball, by the way, in most cases. And by a lot, by the way, by a lot. Yeah. You're not only getting the game, you're getting, you're getting the in-between innings experiences. You're getting, it's, it's just an overall experience, right? So you're getting that affordable family fun entertainment that they're trying to, to uh, promote to like local teams. And then the teams that are really savvy are really starting to dial into the social media aspect of things and realize that, you know, especially with the time of the pandemic that we've been in and the, the lost season, you know, that, that we all would choose to forget from 2020 and that really they need to reach out to not only their local teams, but to really expand their brand to these social media outlets. And 
kind of where I fit into that is I just want to make people aware that may not already be aware of where these teams came to be, that they've they've touched sometimes communities multiple times and they, they've had to leave communities because of lack of you know, lack of investment, lack of infrastructure. Right. And it's really important to kind of show like where these teams have come to be and that the reason that they've changed has been because of, you know, owners saying that they need to get, you know, new facilities, new stadiums, but it's really, but we don't want to, uh, we don't want to lose that sense of the fun of minor league baseball, which has been kind of a concern with the, with the, with the overhaul of the minor league baseball system with major league baseball at the helm. Um, there's certainly been yeah. some good things like the new housing, you know, like the new housing stipend is a step uh, is a positive step, but I'm still worried about what, you know, Rob Manfred and the, and the powers that be might try to do because you don't want to lose that magic of minor league baseball that we've had under Pat O'Connor and, you know, the, and the leadership of minor league baseball over the years. And so again, really what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to show like the different cool logos that you have, because, you know, these things are not just for people that love the games. These are for like kids and people of all ages that they may not even go to the game to watch the game. They may not even love baseball, but they love, you know, affordable, they love entertainment. They love to be entertained. And I think that's something special that minor league baseball is able to do. Uh, I was thinking about your video series and, and you do a great job. You come on, you talk a little bit about, just the logo, the history of the team and stuff like that. Um, how do you decide what team you're going to do when, or is it just sort of uh, grab a hat? <laughs> Honestly, it's kind of whatever, whatever, whatever hats are accessible that day. I try to make sure that I, the, then the fun part, Jim is trying to collect and trying to make sure I have all the hats that I have of that team, because I have in most cases, multiple hats from, for, right. you know, for, for teams. And I, it's a daily thing where I look at the website and I see particularly the 5950 on field hats. And I see, you know, what type of different styles they have. And I try to make sure that I know I'm informed, you know, what's the home, what's the alternate, what's the, what's the road hat and the, what are the theme night hats? I mean, those are the fun ones is that, you know, that like for one night, they may have been what could have been night or whatever, whatever the local food is. And, you know, it just makes it so fun. And I love reading like how they came up with these different types of logos and, you know, and I may expand on that in the future. Um, I'm, I've thought about starting an Instagram account with posting a different hat every day, which is nothing new. There's other people that do that, of course, but, you know, calling it something like Pat's hats or something. Oh, something, I love it. Yeah. Something fun Pat's like hats. that. And so, um, but yeah, to answer your question, it really has to do with whatever I can find that day. But if I'm going to do it, I want to make sure that I'm prepared with knowing at least an adequate amount of history within a small time frame of two minutes and 20 seconds to kind of share with everybody. And, you know, we may go to longer form content if, if people are interested down the line. But right now I'm just trying to, I'm kind of dipping my toes in. And while I'm doing that, also enjoying content by you and so many of the other talented baseball content creators out there. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about your concerns with Rob Manfred. Um, and that wasn't the intent of the conversation today, but you know, I, I, I share your concern. I can see a day I'm a very um, often last sort of worst case scenario guy, but I can see a team where there's a, a day where there's 120 teams and four of them are called the Yankees and four of them are called the Dodgers and four of them are called the Astros. I, I don't think we'll get there, but I want to bring up the pizza rat situation, which I'm sure you saw the article where New York just didn't get it. Do you think that New York's behavior for the pizza pizza rats 
is indicative of all Major League Baseball, or is it just the Yankees being sort of self-involved about who the Yankees are? I don't, I don't think it's every team. I think it has to do with the, with the, with the makeup of your leadership team and your ownership group, because you, you do have younger owners versus, you know, versus the Steinbrenner family with the Yankees, but you know, it really rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, I'm sure it did a lot of people and I'm, I've, I've kind of made comments on it, but I don't think it's before, before you dive into it, just for the, for the audience, I should have set this up better, but the, but yeah, basically the New York Yankees were embarrassed that future Yankees would wear the pizza rats outfit to which I would say, this is your short season, a club. These guys aren't future Yankees. These guys maybe we'll see double A someday. Sorry, continue. No, I mean, no, that's a really good point and a good context. But I, I think it I think that it is a concern among Major League Baseball that there are clubs like the Yankees, and I don't want to pick on just them, but it's just a good example of how out of touch they kind of are with this new generation. And I think I think that's a problem for baseball in general, is that you know, you have people, you know, you know, our age that, that love the game, but what I'm concerned about is the future of the game. Yeah. And and fans. And if you don't embrace, you know, these 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 new types of concepts, like Pizza Rats was never meant to be like like a, a pot mark on on New York City or on Staten Island or or anything. I mean it literally came from I believe it was wasn't it like a picture or a meme on online? It was a, it was a, a, they, somebody caught a video of an actual rat. Yeah. Yeah, taking a pizza bag, and what and you know, and the team's the team's motivation for the name was they felt like it, it was showing the resiliency. I think of so many blue collar workers in New York, and I think that might yeah. come down to I might have just answered my own question because you know I I never understood why the Yankees are the most popular team in that city when I think the Mets at least try to embody a little bit more of that kind of. We are not all the rich people that live in New York. We're some of the poor people who live and die here. No, I agree with you. And the other thing is that this was a chance for the, the Staten Island Club to make money because you know they did. You, put, you, they did. you put all these demands on these teams to improve facilities and improve the overall experience for your prospects. But yet, when you try to when they try to come up with creative ideas to try to you know bring out bring out merchandise that's going to help them get money to hopefully make those improvements then then you you criticize them for it i don't i don't understand the logic behind that because no one is going to the yankees the yankees have an iconic brand so, uh, the, the 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 you know the short the short a season team calling themselves the pizza rats on select nights of the year mind you yeah. is not going to is not going to damage the yankees brand when you've got a history of of Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig and you know Whitey Ford and i mean just a countless number of names in your history a pizza rat's name is never going to denigrate that type of, you know, that type of history that the Yankees enjoy and all the, all the, not to mention all the world series championships that they have. And I will tell you too, um, and we don't talk about this a lot on our show, but you know, we kind of have a standing order. Like I'm uninterested in interviewing um, the Staten Island Yankees or the Mississippi Braves or whoever, like it doesn't, this doesn't interest me. From a national audience, I'm not going to buy any Yankee gear, but I bought a lot of Pizza Rat stuff, and it was fun because it came in a pizza box. Like it was really, they just. Did you get any of it before it went out? I did with the with the cheese packet and the red pepper flakes packet as well. Yeah. So so I mean I, I got both hats and I I even um, grabbed a you know when when Hat Club might come out with something I grabbed the alternate logo with the with the rat holding the piece of pizza and. Um, I, I tried to get a pizza rats t-shirt, but they sold out before I could get one. Yeah. And that just speaks to, I think they went through a couple of orders. When I talked to the general, general manager of the former Staten Island Yankees, um, they, they went through a couple of orders to my understanding and they sold out of every bit of it. 
What and, were your thoughts on the uh, on the Ferry Hawks brand, the new Atlantic League club? I thought it was strong. I thought it was. I do too. Yeah. Uh, well, I like the fact that they embrace Staten Island for what it is. I mean, you know, like you know, they the ownership group, you know, really tr- tried to reach out and you know get fan fan feedback, which I which I appreciated. I would have personally loved to have seen them keep that Pizza Rat's name, but I'm sure for legal reasons they're probably you know I don't know that they could do that, but. It, but I thought it was a very strong brand. I think the rollout has been very good. And, you know, the fact that they, they kind of dialed in like the local radio station and everybody else, I thought it was a very well executed uh, logo and it, and it looks good too. Yeah. I thought it was one of the better executed, everything about the execution I thought was really strong. Um, I saw a couple of teams reveal new brands on like the last day of the season. And I thought that's such a weird time to do it. But I think the Ferry Hawks really did it. Um, and you're probably right. Uh, they can't use Pizza Rats, I'm sure, until this lawsuit against New York is over and done done with. But I wouldn't be surprised to see it come back once it's all over. I think it'd be great, too. And and I think it would even be even more embraced now than it was before, because, you know, there's you know, there's nothing is there's no such thing as bad news, really, in this case, because that name is out there in the news and people are going to talk about it. It's how a lot of these brands that we talk about now, I mean, look at, look at the yard goats, look at, look yeah. at the iron pigs. I mean, these, these were all names where people would say, I'm never going to come out. And I think like Jason and Casey from Brandy O's talk about this all the time. They say, I'm never, ever going to come back to another game. And then you have people like the trash pandas that are, you know, that, that are breaking merchandise records when they, you know, before they ever played a game on the, you know, like on the diamond. And so it, I think it just goes to show that, you know, when you when in a time where you have to get creative and entrepreneurial to try to make your own revenue, these these rebrands and these the, these merchandising ideas are necessary for minor league baseball because they have to do that in order to survive. They don't enjoy this, re, you know, like the type of revenues that major league baseball clubs have. Yeah, so I, think that, I, I, I think again to your point, we are very involved in my wife and I through her business in the in the community of Amarillo, and they loathe that name until. It started and now it's one of the best selling, you know, brands out there. Was there a now it's it's almost like I'm asking you a, a Jim's therapy question, but not really. But how do you react when you see a brand? Because there's been a couple of the more recent rebrands that I thought that just doesn't work. Is it still like okay, Patrick's goal is to be supportive, so I'm gonna be supportive, or are you afraid to are you not afraid to kind of get on there and say, Well, that doesn't really work for me? you know, I tend to be more on the supportive side that just because, just because I want to support them, but an example, and this is not picky on anybody, but like even the Memphis, even the Memphis Redbirds who have a great brand, but like, yeah. even when they change, you know, the colors, I, I wish they would have kept the character of the Cardinal, like, you know, that Cardinal head. I thought that looked really sharp on the red and yeah. moving to an all Navy cap for me, I'm a colors guy. So I, I, I did say to them that, you know, while, while I understand it looks clean, that's what everyone's doing. And so that's why I appreciate like the Copa program, you know, the Copa, they like the very yeah. and the people that take risks and, you know, really put these different color schemes together. So, but, but to, at the end of the day, more time, more often than not, I'm going to support the team anyway, but I'm not afraid to share my opinion. I'm getting, I'm getting more comfortable with it as I, as I kind of get into the community and, yeah. And I, I don't ever want to do it in a disrespectful way because right. you know, I, I don't know more than what the local community is going to want for their team. I, I would never pretend to know more than what the, the, what their local fans would want or what they've, you know, hopefully they've reached out to their local fans ideally to figure out what they want. But, 
but I'm not afraid to share my opinion. But yeah. again, it's, it's an opinion. Doesn't make mine more important or better than anybody else's opinion. Absolutely. And like, I loved, like a lot of people, a lot of people push back on this Aberdeen look and I thought, I don't know what it was. It just really, really felt refreshed to me and it felt yep. uh, fun from a brand that was maybe a little sort of easy before. Yeah. I mean, because I believe the last rebrand was when Cal Ripken came into the fold, um, you know, or, or like, I, well, I guess, I guess it wasn't really right at that time, but it was, you know, they tried to go for a more aggressive look. And I thought that this was more of a fusion of the past with you know, obviously the head of the plane logo originally. And this is kind of a, an embracing of the future and kind of what fun logos are like now, but also paying homage to the original Iron Birds logo. So I thought, like you said, I thought that was a well-executed one as well. You kind of got the preview, the teaser video, and that's, I thought, I thought it was a good use of social media to kind Absolutely. of, it, it, it piqued my attention. And so I was retweeting it and, you know, quote tweeting it to say, you know, I wonder what's going to happen. And they, you know, they, they had a little fun with it. I believe they had the mock press conference about it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And it was really well done. I thought it was fun. And that's, that to me is what it's about. Like, if you're going to do this, you know, roll it out, have fun with it. Because minor league baseball is supposed to be fun. I mean, we have a Copa de la Diversión, which is the fun cup. Yeah. I mean, it's that that's really what this whole brand to me is supposed to be about. And I and I pray every day that that major league baseball won't take that fun part out of it. Not I still get, will, not to get negative, but I will still be a positive this and say everybody thought Star Wars would suck when Disney bought it. And we could argue we've had some of the best Star Wars we've ever had since Disney bought it. I don't think they would have get that they would get involved financially and then take away the thing that makes it financially uh, successful. But last question for you. So we are a couple of days out from national hat day. The, do, are you a, just uh, your mind's racing and you're buying everything or will you, you know, will you track MILB promos and track all the discounts and really try to make some smart financial decisions? Well, let's just say this year, I probably need to make some more smart financial decisions <laughs> rather than just buying everything in sight. But I, yeah, I'm actually again. I've actually just emailed some teams to see if they're having sales, and I'll look at ML, MILB promos because shout out to MILB promos because yeah. they, I mean, what a fantastic account! It's like the number one stop to kind of see what's going on, and it's, you only have to look in one place. And it just, I know that takes a lot of work, a lot of organization work, and dedication. So I'm really appreciative to MILB promos for all the work that's done on that account, and so I will be. I see it as a mission to support these teams, especially the ones that are going to have some sales. So I've already, I already have one or two in mind. And so we're going to, we're going to go support a couple teams and, you know, especially those ones that have that online presence and are, are willing to engage with the community. I, I love that. That's even more of a motivation to support them. So, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's supporting all these teams and because you know that they have a local fan base and a local community that they, that they have to support as well. So. I'm flashing back to Hat Day 2019. I'm teaching my cinema and American culture of baseball class. National Hat Day is going down. My credit card got shut down three times because they thought it was hacked. And one of my students was taking tick marks of everyone I bought. I bought 21 that day. Yeah. And then she sent that photo to my wife. Yeah. She was my favorite student. He is uh, Patrick Larson. Thanks so much. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Thanks so much for jumping on. Let's get to Jim. Thank you so much for having me. And now on to close it out. 
the right-hander from Houston, Texas, James Christopher. So that does wrap up not just this episode, but this season, season three of Let's Get Two. And I want to thank so many people for helping to make this season possible. Thank you to everybody who's watching and listening and sharing. We're doing a very different kind of show. It's positive. It's about different levels of baseball. So all the help we can get from our community and our community has been amazing. Thank you so much to all the teams who have opened their doors, all the leagues who have accredited us and allowed us to tell their story. This is the a la- very much a labor of love for us, and it's really just getting to meet all the teams like the folks in Greenville and Johnson City and then in Madison, Fond du Lac. It's really enriched our lives so much, so thank you so much for opening again. Essentially, your baseball home to us. And I want to thank all of the people who've been on the show, who have taken the time to jump on a Zoom at weird hours of the day to help us again tell their story because our show wouldn't be anything without those folks. And I want to thank Andrew and Jess and Scott and Timothy and Andy for, again, so much of their time, so much of their energy is wasted, bouncing, wasted, is spent bouncing ideas uh, that I have off of them to try to make the show better so thank you and of course last but certainly not least jess jessica my partner my wife my love my life and my my baseball buddy um i don't know that i'd want to do this show this much if i couldn't count on you completely drowning a hot dog and ketchup and mustard to the point that we can't see whether there's anything on the actual bun but all jokes aside This game in my life is better when you're in it and around it. So thank you. But like I said, that does wrap up the season. But in case you were worried, here's a glimpse of where we're going in season four. The calendar turns to another year with the promise of more baseball. This season will take us from coast to coast. We can't wait to see some of these teams for the first time. Our first trip will be to see the world-famous isotopes in New Mexico. Then, in late April, we're off to South Carolina for the Columbia Fireflies and the Greenville Drive. And may we head north to Michigan to check out the West Michigan Whitecaps and that great ballpark of theirs. In June, we're going back to Florida for the first time in a few seasons, this time to introduce ourselves to the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp and the Daytona Tortugas. And I really can't wait to meet Sheldon. In July, it's time for some New England baseball. And that means the Keen Swamp Bats, the Martha's Vineyard Sharks, and of course, we're going to work in a Jaws tour onto the agenda. Then it's off to the opposite coast to see the Eugene Emeralds in Oregon. Late summer, we'll see a trip across the beautiful western United States. We'll start in Colorado for the Rocky Mountain Vibes, head to Wyoming for the Casper Horseheads, and then finish in South Dakota for the Spearfish Sasquatch. August takes us east for the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, Wilmington Blue Rocks, and Brooklyn Cyclones. And then we're going to be travelers ourselves as we travel down to Arkansas for the Arkansas Travelers. And then it'll be another trip to Kentucky as we see the Louisville Bats and the Florence Yalls. And our last trip of the year will be to Portland, Maine to see the Sea Dogs and, of course, Slugger. I love seeing this country through baseball. You really get to know the area and the people, and it's a beautiful way to experience this great land. April can't get here fast enough.
So I hope everybody enjoys the off season. I hope everybody's able to survive what's left of the void. Remember to stay safe out there, stay sane, and always, let's get to it.